Welcome to this podcast on death, tombs and burials in the early Christian world. I am Professor Gerard van den Never, lecturer responsible for the module dealing with aspects of death practices and attitudes towards afterlife in the Greco-Roman context in which Christianity originated, as well as how these attitudes informed early Christian discourses and their formation. Today I have with me Professor Peter Crawford from the Department of Biblical and Ancient Studies at UNISA to share some thoughts on death and afterlife in the ancient world. Professor Crawford has devoted extensive research to the topic of death and the afterlife, as well as related phenomena like out-of-body experiences. Professor Crawford, before you talk about out-of-body and death experiences, could you shortly say something of your own intellectual biography? You have had a long-standing interest in the social world and the archaeology of early Christianity. Professor van Ever, thank you very much for this opportunity. Yes, uh, very early in my studies I realized that uh, language is socially and culturally embedded, which means that whatever we say is always linked to the specific culture and uh, social setting that uh, it emerges from. Um, I developed interest in historical Jesus research, uh, which I did for many years, and that, um, as you can know, as you can realize, um, led to an interest in religious experiences. The the history biography of Jesus is filled with uh, extraordinary experiences, starting with a virgin birth, uh, exorcisms, healings, miracles. Um, and ending with uh, resurrection visions. So that uh, led to an interest in religious experiences and um, altered states of consciousness. That is um, a, a technical term explaining or uh, a theoretical position trying to uh, explain uh, religious experiences as um, a natural human phenomena. Uh, just uh, where does death um, say Jesus' death, death in general in the Greco-Roman world, connect up with this interest in archaeology and the social world of Jesus? Um, well, uh, we have the, the interesting phenomena that uh, in, uh, uh, Jesus not only died, but we also have stories about his resurrection. So, so this is not uh, about death as such, we will come back to the near-death experiences later, but so uh, death as such has no link to it. But it is interesting that um, most religions have a very definite views about death and afterlife, um, and that is also the case um, in in Christianity. So, so death is always a, um, a theme, a topic of interest in in religions, and uh, it is linked to uh, other beliefs in, in, in the tradition. So, so death is not a side issue, it is in a certain sense central to most religious thinking and, and traditions. Thank you, um, but now in uh, the meantime your, your interest uh, has progressed more to uh, the investigating of neurobiology of religious phenomena, including near-death experiences and afterlife experiences. Now, could you say something more about this? Yes. Um, <coughs> when I, f uh, I first realized that language is linked to social and cultural context, now that developed into the, the realization that actually all knowledge is embodied knowledge. It is linked to the very 
human bodies that we have. In a certain sense, we can say that we are bodied organisms with consciousness, um, with, with language, and everything we know, everything we experience, um, um, our whole consciousness are linked to the very uh, uh, bodies we have, to the, to the neurobiology uh, of human beings and the central nervous systems. So, um, it is not only uh, cultural beliefs that we have to look at, in other words, what people believe about afterlife, what people believe about spirits, what people believe about themselves, but also, and this is what this embodiment means, is we have to look at the way in which our bodies produce, um, the, the, the very structure of our um, neurobiology produces the, the kind of beliefs that we have. One of the reasons for this is that the same kind of beliefs are found across cultures in most uh, um, traditions and in most cultures, and for that fact in most religions. Uh, the same kind of dualist view about human beings. Uh, the idea that a human spirit can be separated from a body. The idea that uh, uh, after life uh, people can uh, continue to exist in a spirit or a different form. Now, uh, for a long time, those beliefs were linked to cultural transmission and the idea that they were transmitted and it is a way of discourse. There is, um, however, a, a new development nowadays saying that the reason for the universality of those beliefs are, has something to do with the fact that as human beings, we all share the same neurobiology and um, central nervous system. In, in other words, it is very much a product of the kind of bodies and brains that we have. Just say something about the term neurobiology. What do you mean when you use that term? <coughs> yes, okay, that is uh, saying that as human beings we are uh, organisms that have a certain uh, brain, but that that brain functions within a context, and the most dominant context is culture. In other words, the, the way in which humans reflect about life, about everything around us. So culture uh, can be seen as the product of our reflection about our world um, and neurobiology um, uh, or the neurocultural links the our bodiliness with beliefs. Perhaps I have to say something uh, just to illustrate it. Most culture, to, to illustrate the, the, the previous point um, about uh, how cultural beliefs are embodied. Most cultures have a uh, and for that matter, most people on the planet have a belief, uh, a dualist belief about human beings. In other words, that body and soul are separate. That somehow there is uh, two entities, a material body and some kind of uh, entity which is called a soul, spirit. Now these terms like soul and spirit are used um, for different phases of the non-material part of human beings. Uh, soul is uh, normally used for, a, for when a person is still living, whereas spirit is used uh, uh, for that person after death. In other words, a post-mortem kind of existence of this dualist entity. Now, um, the, it is hard to, to explain why most people and most cultures have this common belief, a dualist view of themselves, if it simply depends on cultural transmission it is much more likely that that, that that belief can be linked to the way in which our brains work. And in fact, there are very good research nowadays, very 
many aspects of um, the way in which our um, ideas about uh, our, uh, this non-material entity is um, understood. A great deal of research illustrates that it is it, it has probably to do with the way in which our brains are structured that we ha we find this common uh, cultural belief. So in that sense, our bodies is in a certain sense the generator of um, many of the religious and cultural beliefs that um, are universal. Now this is quite modern research, um, and in our context here. We proceed from the assumption that it has some relevance for understanding antiquity and attitudes towards death and afterlife um, in antiquity. So more specifically, how does an understanding of near-death experiences and afterlife experiences help us to understand more contextually appropriate? how the earliest followers of Jesus experienced and interpreted the death of Jesus of Nazareth and how these interpretations shaped the formation of Christianity in its early decades. This relates not only to experiencing uh, the death of Jesus but perhaps more importantly the experience of some kind of participation in Jesus' uh, resurrection that is already now sharing in a real afterlife. Uh, Professor Van Heffer, you have asked many questions now. Um, uh, before I say something about what near-death experiences is and try to link that to your other questions, uh, I find you in your first question very interesting. <coughs> you ask about an understanding of near-death experiences and afterlife experiences. Now, perhaps that may be deliberate, but it is uh, an important uh, distinction that we have to make. make. There are many... Uh, things like near-death experiences, but we have no example of an afterlife experience. And it is important because many people think that when we talk about near-death experiences, we are actually talking about something in the afterlife. But we have no evidence of people, of any person returning from the afterlife, in other words, after death returning, in order to tell us what an afterlife experience is. However, near-death experiences are those experiences that people have um, as the term suggests, when they are in situations very close to death. For example, people with heart failure in serious accidents uh, or other terminal or other sickness conditions where they were very close to death, uh, but returned, recovered, recuperated and uh, can explain about those experiences. So we have um, many examples of near-death experiences and that um, naturally give um, way to the idea that perhaps that can tell us something about the afterlife. But I think the first point to note is that it is important to realize that near-death experiences are experiences about life, the end of life, and not about afterlife. And so. But to say something about near-death experiences, it is a term that is used for a collection of experiences. Uh, nowadays there are roughly 15 elements that are associated with, with those experiences. As I said, they are normally associated with people who have been close to death in, uh, in, in, phys in a physical sense. And that include they experience uh, tra traveling through a tunnel, uh, seeing a bright light, encountering uh, deceased relatives, um, uh, being out of their bodies, traveling to a different world, 
and then at some point returning. And uh, an important element of these experiences is that people often experience a life transformation. So as a, as a category, as a, com a collective, a, a composite kind of experiences, uh, experience, near-death experiences can be identified in all cultures. What is interesting is that people in different cultures experience different entities in, the, in those travels. The, the kind of things that they experience are very clearly connected to the culture, culture from which they emerges. So, but the pattern can be identified in almost all cultures. Um, and it is, uh, in other words, in other words, a recognizable uh, a category or a pattern. Now your question, how does that relate to early Christianity? and uh, specifically uh, the death of Jesus. Now, th there are many questions here, but let me say in general that um, an understanding of these kind of experiences give us access into how ideas about an, uh, 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 an entity, uh, uh, a world after death can be conceptualized. In other words, we can see in those experiences why some people come back with what they believe to be knowledge about an afterlife. Um, so it is an experience that has some effects, and um, we know that coming to the uh, resurrection accounts, there we also have only reports about people's visionary experiences. So there are, there are similarities in the kind of uh, experiences that people have and the kind of conclusions that they draw from those experiences. So that is one point uh, where we can find a comparison. Um, uh, the, the second thing is that near-death experiences, especially the out-of-body uh, part of those experiences, are closely linked to the idea that uh, this dualist view of human beings that I've referred to earlier, the idea that there's an entity inside your body that can travel outside your body, that can go to another world and so. So it is logical for people to conclude that um, once they have that experience, that that is the same thing that will happen in the afterlife. Some entity will depart from the body, moving to a different world. So in that sense, these experiences are, um, are interesting in that they give us the closest kind of uh, examples or parallels to understand why similar experiences in the ancient world led people to similar beliefs in, in that uh, uh, setting. Now, I, I do want to uh, bring in some, uh, some critical view here, because I've constantly talked about experiences. Now, um, we have to make a distinction between what people experience and the content of what they experience, or between what people experience and the reality of what they experience. Uh, what one cannot doubt is that people have those experiences and that those experiences are real. In other words, for, for someone who have had a near-death experience, Everything in that experience seems to be very real and um, uh, to exist. However, that does not mean that uh, everything ex that has been experienced also exists and is real. The reason why I say this is uh, uh, the out-of-body experience is a very interesting phenomenon because it happens not only in near-death situations, but it can happen in many other circumstances. And that is now one experience that people who are alive uh, and well have those experiences and they claim to have been out of their bodies. They claim to have visited different worlds, to have been out of the room and so forth. Now, um, again, those experiences are real. People come back and say, I've had this experience and for me the experience was real. But in that case, uh, we have uh, 
that is an instance where we can also evaluate whether someone was in fact out of their bodies. Now, um, there are many anecdotes in this regard, and um, the best way to, to ask whether someone has indeed, indeed been out of their bodies in a different place is to evaluate whether they could have perceived things in a different location from where their bodies were. Now, the, the fact is that to this day we have no hard conclusive evidence of a single case where someone who has been out of his or her body could provide such reliable uh, information. So again, we have to ask ourselves whether those experiences, um, whether the content of the experience are as real as the experience is for the individual who has it. In a way, I hear you say that this questions the idea of continued conscious existence after death, or at least we have no evidence of it. Um, and in that sense, it's firmly rooted in the realm of belief. Uh, there's no evidence uh, for it. And yet, the belief in some post-death existence is core to Christianity. I mean, that's uh, um, why resurrection belief is so um, um, so central to uh, the formation of uh, Christian beliefs. Um, does this say anything about um, resurrection, the central place yeah. it has in Christianity? Um, well, what do we do with that thing? Yeah, well, it, um, it, it's not only Christianity for that matter. It, uh, many other religions have that uh, belief uh, in an afterlife as a central component of, of their beliefs. And I think what this, this kind of research does, it indeed questions some of the, um, uh, of the uh, content of, of beliefs. Now, um, 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 you have, there are two, <coughs> you have to ask two questions about two related topics. The one is afterlife and the other one is a resurrection. Now both are, are um, issues of belief. Um, the, on, on, on afterlife, what this kind of um, research shows is that it is indeed a, um, a topic of belief and not something that, that has been proven or that, that has uh, any empirical proof. And I think it is important to say because there are people who claim that near-death experiences indeed provide some evidence for an afterlife. The, the, the fact is we, have, we do not have that evidence yet. So it, it simply is a belief. Um, on the resurrection, uh, now when we talk about the resurrection, we not, first of all we talk about Jesus' resurrection. And I think um, we, um, we have no... Uh, empirical or physical proof for that again that is a matter of belief but uh, at least what it helps us to do is to explain why certain people could have and could develop that firm conviction that after having those visions of Jesus they started to believe that he was in fact alive after death um, so um, it is a, a way of explaining something that we have evidence for in the text, namely the visionary experiences of Jesus' followers. Um, but that does not prove, and it does not provide any empirical evidence beyond that point. And um, 
but that's the whole point, I think, about uh, academic and scientific research. It questions many of the beliefs and the, the common sense notions that we have uh, about life, about the world around us. And uh, questioning it doesn't mean rejecting it. There is, it is simply saying that that is what science has to do. It has to take us to the point in asking questions about the, the, the cultural and religious beliefs that we have. So, um, coming back to today, yeah, where we are now, um, we study uh, death and afterlife uh, beliefs and practices, um, but we do that as modern uh, um, people living in the 21st, uh, 21st century. Um, how would this kind of study shed light on Christian beliefs and practices today? Does it inform in any way how Christians may think about the afterlife, resurrection and eternal life? Uh, I would want to make a distinction here between what people believe and people who want to understand their beliefs. Um, belief is something that is not, you, you don't believe something because it has been proven. I mean, for that we can, we can cite the Bible as well, that it is, you don't believe because you, uh, it's been proven because then it's no longer belief. There are many things in religious beliefs that are dear to people and that is part of why they believe it. <coughs> However, if you do want to understand certain aspects of, of a belief, and perhaps I should just interrupt myself and say that uh, we have to realize that many aspects that in previous generations have been taken as common sense belief has been questioned and uh, uh, people have different views on that. For example, there was a time when people thought that Earth is flat. Nowadays, we know that that's no longer the case. It is simply from our perspective on the Earth that we think it is flat. We have different knowledge saying to us that the Earth is round, turning around the Sun. So, um, it is not the first time that, that certain fixed beliefs are questioned or altered uh, because of, of scientific uh, uh, research. Now, I think that um, this kind of research about near-death experiences and, and uh, altered states of consciousness is indeed questioning some of the beliefs that we have about ourselves, this dualist view of human beings. Um, it does question whether that is the most appropriate way to talk about human beings. Uh, it, it, it brings an alternative to say maybe uh, we should think about our consciousness, our, our bodies as an ensouled bodies. That is what we are. Human bodies with consciousness that um, uh, which does not exist in some dualist way. So it does question that belief. And uh, I think that it, um, it can also question uh, the idea of some form of life beyond death. So, um, in that sense, one has to uh, admit and one has to realize that uh, some of the beliefs that people could still uh, find convincing could be seen in a different light. And there are indeed people who find comfort in it to realize that things that, uh, for the, that intellectually are hard to, uh, um, to uh, um, accept within their faith traditions could be seen differently. With in view of, of uh, different uh, new knowledge. Well, thank you for your visit to the ECH 3701 class and uh, for being our guest here. And uh, we wish you well in uh, your continued research on this topic. Thank you.